Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 176 of the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Elisa, and today is Wednesday, January the 3rd, 2024. Happy New Year. We have a really, really great show for you today. And if you've been following along on the Mind Detox series, this would be episode three. Today, we're going to start getting into the nitty gritty of what we're actually doing here. This is the perfect time of year to get that old stagnant energy out of the mind and the body and make space to really utilize the fresh new energy of the year of 2024 and pull it in. I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday, new year, and are really able to sort of sit and take some time to reflect and slow down and just see where the mind pulls you. Just observe your overall thoughts about how this uh, the last couple of weeks have really gone for you. And of course, there's no right or wrong. There is no... Um, judgment attached to those thoughts. It's just a nice observation, a reflection, if you will, and to give yourself a little bit of non-judgmental information. Now, when I talk about a new energy pulling it in, I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution, which by the way, I sincerely do have a love-hate relationship with. (laughs) So what is a mind detox? What do we mean? Why is this the new way of organizing our thoughts and beliefs and emotions and inner narratives? This is a great question. And I think to describe it best, I want you to think about, (laughs) this might sound weird, but I want you to think about a light bulb. Okay. Let's pretend for a second that this light bulb represents your mindset. You know, sometimes we have like light bulb moments, so it kind of works. Okay. Now, When we look at the function of a light, of a light bulb, what it does, everyone can clearly see that when you turn it on, you get light. Are you with me? Okay. There are various light colors, spectrums, intensities, but a, but all healthy light bulbs give off light, right? Correct. Okay. That is what they do. That is what we can expect from them, correct? When you get a light bulb, you expect it to give you light. Well, our mindsets, our minds are very, very similar. Our mindset is the lens from which we see the world. There are a variety of colors, spectrums, intensities on how we see the world, right? And all healthy mindsets give off a unique perspective. Are you following? (coughs) Excuse me. 
This isn't exactly rocket science. We all know that the mindset we take into any specific day or task or event or experience will determine the outcomes, right? Now, if you don't know that, that's okay. This episode's going to be even more beneficial to you because this discovery can feel very powerful. So anyone who has had a wake-up call, for example, has had a belief has, excuse me, has had a, when you have a wake up call, this is a brief, powerful moment in time where you see the world from a new lens. That's what the wake up is. It's just kind of like the universe. It's kind of the, the, the moment, the time, the present moment, showing you a different way, showing you a different lens. You're like, Oh shit. I know many of you have had that. Aha. That's what Oprah calls it. Aha. Oh, I get it now. Oh, I see it. Okay. It's a brief and powerful moment where you see the world from a new lens. So back to the light bulb. We all know it gives off light, but it does something else. Something that's invisible to us. Something that most people never think of until they get hurt from the light bulb. Yes. Did you guess what it is? (laughs) I've used this analogy before. The light bulb not only gives you light, it also gives you heat. In order to produce light, it will also produce heat. So what are the invisible elements occurring with the mindset? Okay, what is there? What is happening in the background that we can't see? When we're using our minds, when we're thinking, believing, reacting, responding, and creating and repeating inner narratives or self-talk, what is happening that most people never, never, never think of until they get hurt. And this is the subject of today's episode. I'm going to tell you that there's actually five invisible elements. We are not going into those five today, but there are five invisible elements that work like the heat of a light bulb that no one ever pays attention to in the moment or even reflects in afterwards. Like when you turn the light off, you don't realize that there was also some heat being penetrated from that light. Penetrated, that's not the right word. (laughs) Uh, uh, Projected. Why? Because these elements, this isn't really necessarily taught to us. We have to learn it the hard way. We have to learn it when we touch the light bulb. Oh, shit. You know, we don't see it. And we have become so conditioned to ignore and suppress and numb our intuitive voice, which also speaks to us like the mind speaks to us, but without words. Okay, we'll get into that later. That... Even if these elements were visible, even if I I was to break all five down for you clearly right now, when those things smash us in the face, we won't even see it coming. We, we won't see it coming. Okay. Healing with intuitive awareness is rooted in making the invisible visible and then making space to remove, to choose, to see, to remove that lens and detoxify old thoughts, and beliefs. That's the root. The more we deep dive into wake-up calls, the more clear this will become. Now, one of the biggest mistakes humans make, and we literally, is when we, we literally do this all the time. When we have a profound wake-up call, that moment in time where sort of everything changes, where we're like, oh, we believe, we think that that moment changes us forever. 
Okay. That from that moment on, we will behave, we will think, we will be different. That's the lie. The wake up is seeing the world as it is without the lens you've been wearing. It's a small moment in time where our beliefs are not being challenged. Everything makes sense. Uh, and, and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense all at the same time. We're like, oh shit. And if you put the lens back on, and this is what most people will do, they put their old lens back on their comfort zone, their ways of doing things, then nothing will change. We do nothing. We change nothing and assume that the knowledge itself, just that moment means that things will be different from now on, but we don't put any effort. We, we go back, we cloak ourselves, we wear that lens again and eventually everything stays the same. Nothing really changes. We have these moments that we believe we've been changed, that we believe we will think differently, but then the conditioned mind, the program of the mind, our deep-seated beliefs, our core beliefs take over and sort of level things out, okay? Because core beliefs don't just turn off, okay? And we're going to get into that now. To finish off the analogy, light and heat turn on with the light bulb. Mindset and belief turn on the reality to which we see the world. So light is to mindset as heat is to belief. And yes, touch the light bulb and you'll get burned. Go against your beliefs and you'll get burned. Okay. So what's happening in the background, the invisible thing that I want to talk about today is beliefs, belief systems. This is one of my favorite subjects and it's a continuous journey for myself, a continuous deep dive for myself and my clients. Now you might be thinking, I know a light bulb gives off heat, or I know that I have belief systems, okay. Or limiting beliefs or however the world has told you to call that. Okay. And what I am saying is that those societal domestic, like, okay, we have societal domestication and through that domestication, we aren't paying attention to the belief part. We pay attention at the surface, what those beliefs give us, what we can measure, what the, what, how we see the world, what's good and what's bad. Okay. We are being told what to think, what to believe, how to be, how to behave. And then we're being rewarded or punished for those choices around those made up rules. Like someone made up the rules and we all just follow them, right? That helps us to feel safe and important and gives us rules and purpose. I totally understand that. We're not breaking that down. We're not trying to dismantle that here. We're not even challenging it. We're observing, okay? We are being conditioned in today's society and through domestication, through 24-7 social media, through the through the media. Um, I'm just going to turn my phone on. Do not disturb. Sorry, guys. Not to listen to our intuition. Not to lean in when something on the outside goes against the grain, goes against our belief system, when we're challenged. Right? We are conditioned not to listen to that. And tap into and stand for what we truly believe in. It is becoming way too risky. It feels way too risky. And to do that is almost to shatter the foundation from which we stand on. It can, it can feel super traumatic, scary, 
and leads to this chaos in the mind, in life, in your relationships. So much stuff is happening in the background that's invisible that we are not paying attention to because we are continuously being distracted. And the most, one of the wildest things about belief is that beliefs are not 100% true all of the time. Yet, we attach so much meaning to these repeated rules, these ways of being that they become us. They're not 100% true all of the time, yet they are who we are. Many people don't even recognize or feel the difference between who they are and what they believe. Their beliefs, in other words, are who they are. Their belief is one with their identity, even though beliefs are not 100% true. So what do I mean by that? Okay, well, there are many different types of beliefs out there. Would you agree? Yes. So some are superficial, surface level beliefs like, um, I don't know, kids have to clean their room to get dessert or blondes are dumb or respect your elders. Okay. And then there are deeper beliefs, ones where our thoughts stem from continuously, where our, where our emotions automate from. We've talked about emotional automation. We're going to talk about that in the next episode as well, but these deep, deeper beliefs are so old and ingrained in us. We don't recognize them as beliefs anymore. They are like our identity. Okay. Those might be more around religion, around attachment styles, trauma, trauma bonds, for sure. Lean, um, comprehension styles, like how we learn how our education level, our mind, body awareness, how we move through space and time, our economic status, all of these things, uh, influence our core beliefs. These are core beliefs. They live at the core of who we are. They lay the foundation of who we are. So core beliefs are strong, long-term beliefs a person is taught to help them understand how the world works and who they are. Everybody has them. You cannot escape a core belief. They are formed in early childhood and they're, they, which you don't have, you don't get to choose your core beliefs, by the way. They are formed in early childhood. They are told to you. They are taught to you. And they influence your personality and your decision-making and honestly, your mental health. We are seeing some core beliefs right now that are really challenging mental health in many, many, many people. They are the invisible rules. Like I said, this is the heat. There are the invisible rules we follow for managing relationships and daily life, whether we are aware of it or not. So core beliefs are derived from three main categories, beliefs about the self, beliefs about others, beliefs about the world, okay? And detoxing the mind through intuitive awareness or mindfulness, in my opinion, is the, and this is my opinion, I'm speaking from personal experience. I'm speaking from my journey, from the work that I do with other women through the dismantling of core beliefs that are no longer serving you. Mindfulness, intuitive awareness is the single most powerful lifestyle medicine there is. It's the single most powerful way to tap into the core beliefs, see them, understand them, change them, grieve them, evolve them, and create lifestyle changes that promote healthy, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. What you believe, how you live your life, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health 
is a direct reflection of your belief systems, of your core beliefs. All right. I'll say that again, your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health right now, as it stands, who you are, what you look like, what you do, your health, how you think is a direct reflection of your core beliefs because everything you are doing, everything you are choosing, repeating, saying yes to staying no, saying no to stem from a belief. And the interesting thing in the wild is that only 5% of the population, this is estimated, I'm not coming up with these, this is estimated on mindfulness studies from around the world. Only 5% of the population will ever move into an intuitive awareness or continuous mindfulness state. It's estimated that 5% of the population practices real mindfulness, actual mindfulness, paying attention to what you're paying attention to, actively observing, actively witnessing your mind. And this blows my mind really because mindfulness is free. It's so effective. It leads to a calm state. Like, what do you truly want in your life? Do you want calm? Do you want a regulated nervous system? Do you want better problem solving, less stress, living in the present moment? Yeah, all of that's cute. People say, oh yeah, I, I'm mindful, so I live in the present moment. And then the, the second they're faced with any type of challenge or adversity, that shit goes out the window. Mindfulness isn't for when you are meditating for five minutes in the morning or when you are exercising in a flow state. Sure, it is that. Mindfulness occurs in the chaos. Are you able to observe and witness when shit gets hard? When the old beliefs are triggered? I honestly can't think of a better lifestyle medicine to be the lead domino that helps all the other lifestyle choices and behaviors fall into place than intuitive awareness. So why is it that only 5% of people practice it or choose to acknowledge its existence or actually mindfully move through their day and practice? Well, I believe, and again, this is just my personal opinion. And of course, this might change over time as I am evolving and learning and working with more and more people and deep diving into more and more mindfulness studies. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many studies I've read in the last 18 months about mindfulness and intuitive awareness. I I, I personally believe that the main reason is that intuition Awareness, mindfulness can't be measured. It's not tangible, like money in the bank, like weight loss, like the scale, the numbers on the scale, like years married. Okay. There's no trophy for mindfulness. And in today's world, we believe this is society domestication, that all growth must be validated and rewarded externally. We need that external validation. It's really difficult to get external validation from being mindful. People don't see it. It's invisible. When people learn uh, or achieve goals, they will get a reward, right? They get praise. They get a medal. They get a certificate, a high five. People can see the work that they've done. With mindfulness, it doesn't really happen that way. Well, at least not in the same way. And my clients and I see things differently because, (sighs) oh my gosh, I just sneezed. Excuse me. My clients and I see this differently because 
When a person practices intuitive awareness daily and starts to really develop the skill of of paying attention to what they're paying attention to and observing the mind without judgment, the reward comes in a different language. It's, It's like a magical, it's magic. It's a magical spell that's being lifted. When you are tight, closely bonded with your intuition, then you begin to separate yourself from your core beliefs. You realize they are not yours. They are simply taught to you. And I mean, we can conceptualize this all you want, but when you start to pay attention and you're guided and supported through paying attention, that's when you really get it. It's the same, like knowledge is not the same as knowing. You can read all the books on how to swim, on how to ride a bike, but if someone pushes you into the deep end or makes you ride down a highway on a, on a, on a road bike, what's going to happen to you? Are you going to be able to do it? Knowing is, is in a totally different league than the knowledge. All right. You start to realize that you were taught this when you were a kid when you didn't have the choice to believe to to choose the belief systems okay and most of the time those belief systems require you to ignore your intuition they don't parents like our our parents and caretakers they 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 impose their beliefs on you for example if uh you're a kid and you are really jealous because you're at your friend's birthday party and they're getting all these presents. Parents will say something like, well, it's not your birthday. This is, this is Sally's birthday. This isn't your birthday. So you need to sit here and be happy for Sally. What they're doing in that moment. And I mean, this is totally normal for parents to say this or for caretakers to say this because they're, they're invalidating that child's reality. The reality of the child is that they are jealous and they feel hurt that they're not getting the same attention. And by telling them that this, this isn't the time for your attention, those feelings don't matter. And this is why the child, then their reality gets stifled. They're not able to lean into any intuition. Their, their body is telling them something and they're forced to ignore that and not move through the emotion. The way if we grew up as intuitive beings, our parents and caretakers would say something along the lines of, I see that you're very jealous right now. I see that this is hard for you. Can we come up with a way to help you move through this? Why don't we feel these feelings? And it's okay to have these feelings. These feelings are normal and natural. I can imagine that it would be hard for you to watch your friend opening all these presents when when you want presents as well. Let's come up with some ways that we can move through this. How does that sound for you? And I know we can't necessarily do this to like a three-year-old, but there are... This is this is a complicated issue. We're not going to talk about this today, but it's a complicated issue, but that it would be validating their feelings. OK, and also showing them the consequence of what the reality is. OK, so leaning in. As adults, when we lean in and unpack other people's beliefs that we have essentially adopted without our consent. They just literally, we didn't really have a choice. When we lean in and unpack that, it is extremely rewarding because you can feel your nervous system shifting. You can feel yourself relaxing when you acknowledge, no, 
I don't believe this. No, this is no longer serving me. I have been loyal to this set of rules that aren't in alignment with me and my life and what I value. So you can feel a shift inside when you change your mind and let the beliefs that aren't working for you anymore. They worked for you at one point. You were loyal to them and that's fine. And now you are letting them go. It takes the form of peace, joy, contentment, satisfaction, connection. You feel your mind body unity because when like we don't feel in alignment when our beliefs are in alignment, but we don't know that we can't see that it's the heat. We're not paying attention to that because we're being distracted by what the world wants you to think and believe and who they want you to be. We put so much emphasis on what other people think about us and how, how they're doing versus how we're doing. So if you're a self-sabotager, for example, with intuitive awareness, you will observe that behavior and instinctually lean away from it and stop self-sabotaging. That is a reward for so many of us. You'd be like, oh, there it is. If you speak to yourself poorly and you always doubt yourself, you will observe this behavior and take pause. You'll recognize that that's not your voice and then be able to silence the inner tyrant. Even my, I was with my mentor yesterday and she was like, well, over the holidays, I had to tell myself to fuck off (laughs) because she was, these old beliefs were coming up and being triggered. And I just laughed at that because the tyrant, we can, we, we give that tyrant of the mind our power right? We are the ones giving that voice power, or we can tell it to fuck off. The reward my clients see are in conversations. They're in real life, chaotic moments. They're in relationships. They see the rewards through difficult times, through calming their central nervous system, through staying in a calm state in the chaos, through be able to make difficult decisions when they're being tested. One of the core beliefs, and this is in the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, this one of the core beliefs of all core beliefs is nothing is ever personal. Okay. Most people don't have this belief. They have a belief of it's a, it's a version of that. They think that nothing is ever personal, but when push comes to shove and when adversity is faced, everything is personal. Okay. Everything's an attack. They don't feel safe. So imagine adopting that core belief. Imagine how powerful you would be if at the foundation in the invisible chaos, deep within you, you know, and you believe that nothing is ever personal. When you know that nothing is ever personal, you will behave and respond differently. You will lead with a different form of integrity time and time again, you will trust yourself deeply. You will trust yourself deeply and your decision-making. Okay. You will have hard, productive conversations from a place of love and compassion. You will, you will not take on the energy of the people around you. And if you do, if it's really hard, difficult, like deep energy, you will feel that and have the ability to let it go quickly. You know, it's not yours. How many times have you felt chaotic because someone said something or did something or didn't do something 
And it felt so personal that it affected your entire day. Your whole day was ruined. Your whole work day was ruined. You couldn't focus on anything. And then you slash out at the people that you love and you start gossiping and you start swirling more chaos and pulling more chaos. How many times has that happened to you? And then in those moments, if someone says it's not personal, your response is what? Yes, it is. It's totally personal. It's a hundred percent personal. Then that is your core belief. And we're going to get into how to figure out your core beliefs and what to do with them in episode four of this mind detox series. It's really juicy and very, very good. But I just want to point this out here. Now, imagine for now, imagine your power your power if someone said something or did something or didn't do something and it had zero effect on you zero who would you be what kind of person would you be how would you lead knowing that what others do has nothing to do with you ever this often happens with strangers when strangers do things, okay, we can kind of sort of put ourselves in this mindset when a stranger, okay, you probably won't take it personally if a stranger would call you lazy. If you're walking down the street and some stranger's like, hey, you lazy ass or something like that, you're so lazy. You probably won't take it personal. Your mind, you, your, your mind would organize itself differently around some, like a stranger saying it. It would justify it somewhere. You would say like, um, well, they don't know me. They're crazy. They're probably just lazy. They're, they're mirroring. (laughs) Okay. You would just sort of brush it off. It wouldn't mean anything to you, whatever. But if your boss or your mom or your spouse calls you lazy, well, this is where 95% of the population would attach meaning to that in a different way. There is wounding there. Your boss, your mom, your spouse isn't supposed to say those things if they love you. So this is, it's attached to a core belief somewhere deep, 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 and, and it's being touched and you're responding, I should say, reacting with automated beliefs. Like that belief immediately would come up in a form of emotion. It would cause chaos. Okay. Same statement, different context, different meaning, different outcome both not personal. And this is where intuitive awareness is magical. And no, there's nothing wrong with you if you have never tried to pay attention to what you're paying attention to, or you don't actively pay attention, or you think this is really woo, or that, you know, you, and or you believe you are practicing intuitive awareness and it doesn't work. There's a, there's a, there's many layers to this and we go deeper and deeper and deeper into it as we practice. And if you take everything personal and you can't see how it's not personal, that is okay. That is okay. That's almost a compass to me. That's a compass that's leading you into a really cool space in your spiritual and your, your personal development journey. If you choose to take that road, because it's your choice, I can't do it for you. You must decide, Hey, I don't want to see the fucking world like this. I don't want to live in this constant state of chaos in this constant state of blurry, exhausting, 
taking on everyone's energy, giving my shit away, giving my power away, always worried, always trying to posture and impress and just like scared for my fucking life. It's super, it's like, you have to be the one that's starting to see, oh shit. I, I learned from people who were traumatized. I learned from people who had really difficult upbringings. I mean, you can see the generational trauma. You look at my grandparents. My grandparents were children in World War II. They were in Nazi-occupied concentration camps. They learned how to love in a very different way than someone would who grows up in a safe, loving, high economic status, high, highly educated family. It's incomparable. Yet we're all human and we all show up to work in the morning. We all stand in line at the grocery store. We all try to do our best. Yet deep down, the beliefs about who we are are dramatically different. Dramatically. So let's go back to the statement that I made earlier. Um, on how beliefs are not 100% true. Okay. We're going to do a quick little exercise. And remember, these are the fundamentals in healing, in detoxing the mind, in evolving your frame of mind. That's another way to say it. You know, athletes have high performance minds, CEOs. We say we have high performance minds. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> so our mindset is how we organize our thoughts and we move through our life. Okay. So if we want less mess and less dissonance and less conflict, the mindset, the belief systems are really tied together. That's the heat and the light, the light and the heat. And again, we're not going to, we, we weren't taught this growing up. So it can feel really confusing to, to, to unravel here. So stay with me, stay with me. Let's do an exercise. Let's pick a belief. Okay, I'm going to pick a belief for you. Let's say you, what's a common thing? Um, let's say when you look in the mirror, you believe that you are unattractive. <laughs> okay, how many of you listening have looked in the mirror at one point or another and said or thought um, or even had your day made or ruined because of how you thought you looked, what you believed was looking back at you? How many of you have had that belief? in one way, shape or form. I'm going to say I'm seeing a lot of heads shaking. Yes. Now let me ask you this. Would every single human on earth that looked at you think you are unattractive? The answer is no. The answer is a fuck. No, there are many people on earth who would look at you and think you are stunning a hundred percent gorgeous, absolutely beautiful in and out. Okay. And that's what I mean by beliefs are not a hundred percent true. They are not the truth. They are a lens that you are currently adopting as your truth. You're adopting it as your truth. Not everyone thinks that way. So the question is, and this is the exercise. Why do you, why do you believe that? And I mean, we can go super deep here. Um, I think I'm going to save that for episode three. We're going to go into some deeper core beliefs, but I'm going to give you one more example. Let's go something super random. Uh, okay. A lot of people believe the earth is round. Okay. Is the earth round? How do you know? 
Why do you think it's round? Would you bet your life that the earth is round? Probably. Now ask yourself, does every single human on earth believe the earth is round? (laughs) The answer is no. There are large groups of people, the flat earthers who believe it's flat and they would bet their lives that it's flat. That's how deep the belief runs. And if you ever listen to flat earthers, just to give them credit, because I don't necessarily believe that the earth is flat, they have extremely compelling arguments. Compelling. So I understand their thought processes and their core beliefs, like how they come up with that, how they come up with that lens, how they see the world and experience the world. Okay. But this belief is not true for everyone. That's my point. So the question now becomes, why do I believe that? Why does that make sense to me? Why does that matter? Why do I have so much attachment to this idea? Now, I like to say that a wake-up call is a sneak peek into the an alternative belief system. This is why so many people, for example, woke up over the pandemic. They were like, hey, wait a second. What's going on here? This isn't what I thought it was. Hey, this doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so that veil lifted for just a second for most people. Something that happened didn't make sense. That didn't the the veil was lifted on like the power and control and corporate interest and freedom beliefs, freedom body autonomy beliefs. So over the pandemic, what people believed no longer made sense, and they saw the world differently. They saw something. Okay. And this, of course, was for most of us shattering. It was a shattering of the core beliefs. It was a wild roller coaster. So, those core beliefs like trusting in the medical system, trusting our doctors, trusting our media, trust, trusting authority figures, following in line with the good girl. It's do it's good for the people, you know, do it for grandma. Those were shattered. And I mean, the grieving that occurred, the, the disbelief, the grief, like what the, what the fuck do you do with that? So many of us were confused and lost and shattered. You must grieve the loss of once you what of what you once believed. Your beliefs are a huge part of your psyche. And most people don't know this. And so they stay in a state of fight or flight for a really long time. I mean, I'm still seeing people stuck looping in the wake up call moment because they haven't dealt with those emotions, that feeling that has been suppressed forever. They haven't dealt with that and released it and let it go and reframed their mind. And most people don't know this again. I mean, for sure, it's a process. This is why mentorship and why coaching and why support, why psychology, why help support systems are so important. I mean, I cocooned for like 18 months. I grieved so hard. I felt so alone. I felt so much shame and disbelief and horror for what I had, how I had seen things and what I used to think. I felt betrayal. I also felt things like personal power. I started to feel authentic. I started to feel hope. 
an inner trust, be like, wow, wow. I started to feel sovereignty. And of course, in that time, relationships dissolved because I no longer wanted to play the game. I didn't want to play the game and put on the mask and pretend that I didn't see what I didn't, what I saw. Right. I no longer felt the need to convince or educate or support people or businesses or organization that followed the one sided corrupt belief system that lined the pockets of the one percent. I know this might be extreme to some people, and if you still can't acknowledge that the pandemic was the biggest wealth transfer of all time and acknowledge how these systems played and how they captured our minds, it was a mind virus. If you can't see that and you're still justifying the choices and the narratives and the divisiveness, this is all in large part because of your your core beliefs and the illusion of safety. And, and the comfort zone of moving out of that, of seeing and feeling and expressing and moving through your cocoon phase of grieving so fucking hard. And that's okay. I'm not judging you. I know my core beliefs trigger a lot of people. Again, beliefs are not true 100% of the time, including mine. And again, what I believe has nothing to do with you. It's not personal. It's the lens from which I choose to see the world and operate and organize my thoughts and my reactions. What I do and say has nothing to do with you. So if you're triggered by what I say, that's a good thing. (laughs) It's because I'm touching something in you. I'm, I'm, I'm giving, like, this is how I see it. When someone triggers the shit out of me, it's like, Ooh, it is the compass. It's a compass for the direction I want to go. Should I choose to go there and heal that? Do I want to experience this this hurt or pain? Or do I want to figure out where the fuck it's coming from and start to soothe that and observe that without judging myself? Now, I don't think I've mentioned this, but I do think it's really important to acknowledge. I don't think I've mentioned this in this podcast. I mean, I probably said this in on the show like a freaking hundred times, but I'm going to say it again so that we learn. Our beliefs are formed in three principal ways. Number one, through repetition. Number two, through authority figures. Number three, through cultural views, the way it's always been. Okay. These are the main principal ways. There are other ways that beliefs are formed through experiences. Okay. Uh, uh, So I'm not going to get into those, but the three main ways, just remember repetition, authority figures, cultural views. So if a cultural leader repeats something over and over, 95% of the population will most likely believe it, whether it's true or not. They could say anything and repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. When your parents or caretakers repeated the rules of your life, even language over and over, you believed it, you adopted it. You started using that language and using those beliefs to see the world, to feel safe and structured in the world. Okay. When you saw large groups of people doing things over and over and over, celebrities, whatever, people that you deem popular, you start to lean into that as being, okay, well, if they're doing it, I should do it. That's how beliefs are formed. And this happens when we're like little kids. Kids don't stand a chance. Okay. 
we in the Western world, let's take an example of like Al Qaeda or ISIS. We don't understand the evil that lives in them, but just remember they're conditioned from a very young age, right away from birth. They're trained. Their beliefs are so deep that this is the way that they see the world and feel safe in it. So trying to convince an Al Qaeda kid something different as when they're an adult is, is shattering in the same way that the wake up call in the pandemic was shattering for many of us. They look at us and think we're evil. They're conditioned to believe that we're the evil ones. We don't think about it that way. We, our minds believe that our way is the way we're the good guys. We're the best. Meanwhile, there's wars all over the world. It's a battle of the beliefs. It's monsters that are killing monsters. It's deep. And it's a it's an interesting place to ba- zoom out and observe just that alone. It's a very powerful thing when we start to zoom out and detach from our beliefs for a second. Oh, and for the record, belief systems are also called ideologies. Okay? So think about the ideological conditioning that's happening with our kids today. And if you grew up in a, I don't know, I'm just going to use some examples, a political left-leaning family, you're going to think and believe left-leaning as a child. If you grew up in a poor crime-ridden family, you're going to think and believe in scarce ways and justify crime. If you grew up in a family where love must be earned, this was my experience, then you will think and believe that love must be earned and you will position yourself in a way that to prove yourself again, like in alignment with those beliefs. Do you get it? This will loop until you wake up, until you get a glimpse of another way and 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 sort of shatter some of those deeper agreements and lean into that and shift that. That right there. People ask me, what is the work of the spiritual journey? That is the ultimate work. That is the spiritual journey. Pushing the upper limits of belief, changing the emotional attachments, disconnecting from ideas that are not the ideas that you are not enough, that you are useless, that you're creating new attachments to higher vibrational beliefs for yourself. That is the spiritual journey. So I'm going to leave this here. Um, And of course, we are three weeks out of the Your New Era Mentorship, guys. It begins January the 23rd. It's for women who are awake high-performance minded, know that they were made for more and are ready to make big, bold moves to heal, to detox the mind. And of course, this mentorship isn't for everyone. I I am inviting single women, entrepreneurs and busy moms or, or women in general with killer instincts and big life goals and zero time to waste. We don't want to do another repeat year. We know that what we're doing isn't getting us to where we want to be. We're starting to observe our habits and our behaviors and the patterns that are sort of like, ooh, you know, and watching others sort of step up and rise and wondering, why can't I make that happen for myself? I'm calling you into a space that very few people will go and I'm going to hold your hand. I'm inviting you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to support you and guide you and watch you rise above the noise and make your own rules. You are no longer a little kid. You are a grown ass adult. 
And this mentorship is a brilliant combination of the structures, like of the structure, the lists, the workbooks, the organization of the masculine energy in combination with the energetics and the Dharma and the intuitive work of the feminine energy. It's a brilliant combination of that. It's an opportunity to live in a space you mostly fantasize about, you dream about, but you have no fucking clue how to make that your reality. The Your New Era is the opportunity to step up in a safe, loving, and supportive environment with other women, by the way, because the community aspect is massive, who are in the same space energetically. Just, you know, once we get going, ladies, when you say yes, just try and stop us. Try. So if you're interested, which I know a lot of you want to, and then your belief will kick in. My mentor once told me, when I see this time and time again, There's always something that stands in the way of you and your next big yes. So if you're done getting in your own way and you want to change your mindset so that you can change your life, join us. We begin in three weeks. Click the, um, the link to apply is in the show notes and you can go to alisaunfilteredcoaching.com and click on your new era if you can't find it in the show notes. Okay. So alisaunfilteredcoaching.com. If you enjoyed this episode and are super curious to learn more about beliefs, their control over you and how you can detox your mind, we are going even deeper next week uh, into finding your core beliefs and what to do. So make sure that you follow and subscribe to this pod so that you can get first access. Okay. There's two episodes left in the series and they only get better and better. Alrighty then. I will see you next week. Okay, I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give the show a five-star rating. I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfilteredcoaching.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.